Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. Well, today is a special episode of Extraordinary People, and my guest today is PJ Esaguere. God, I hope I said that right. I know he and I, <laughs> he's like tomato, tomato, but I, I, you know, hate mispronouncing people's last names. Um, and I should know better because I've got a weird last name. So, um, but anyway, enough of that. Um, PJ is a very dear friend of mine. Um, I've known him since um, our days in the Rio Grande Valley, and um, I'm very proud that I am the person responsible for introducing him to the trail racing scene, and specifically Tejas Trails. Um, and he is now a part owner uh, slash race director, of course, of Tejas Trails, and uh, is not even 30 years old. Um, incredibly bright, um, funny, uh, insightful, deep person. Um, yeah, I mean, he can be as kooky as, you know, they come, but he also can be serious and, and, and whatnot. So, um, and I, he's just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always surprised sometimes when I'm talking to him and I'm like, wow, you're not even 30. Okay. Cause sometimes he's like, he's sort of an old soul in some ways. And, um, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm old enough to be his mom, but I'm not, I mean, I think I'm older than his parents. Um, <laughs> but I, I think of him as like a, I don't know, like a little brother almost. Um, he's just, yeah, he's just a very special person. And, um, anyway, so I think without any further ado, I'm just going to let this one, um, play out. Um, we, uh, yeah. So we kind of trace his journey, um, from volunteering at races to becoming a race director and, you know, some of the <laughs> ups and downs along the way. Um, but he, he's a very optimistic person. So I think he always looks at the bright side of thing, things. And, um, so anyway, without any further explanation or introduction, here is my interview with PJ. So, all right, I am recording, and that's um, so why I have with me my very, very good friend PJ Isagere. Did I say that right? Isagere. Uh, tomato, tomato. Um, the way I pronounce it is Isagere. But... Okay, good. I just want to make yeah. sure because yeah, I do that with my students too. It's like if I'm really botching your name, please, please tell me. No, it's all right. My my uh, high school band instructor used to call me Isaguire. <laughs> yeah, because of the way it's spelled, it's like McGuire, but the, sure. like the last chunk is funny. That is that root. <laughs> yeah, completely wrong. <laughs> I, get, I get Pedraza a lot, you know. Oh, yeah, that's funny. I've heard people call you that. Yeah, I know. Like I'm referencing your podcast and then say, yeah, Donna Pedraza. So weird. Down to Pazdera. <laughs> I know it's like hello. Anyway, so yeah, so I've asked you uh, to uh, to be on this exciting show um, because you are an extraordinary person. Um, probably oh, thank youngest, you. huh? Thank you. I mean, you are too, Donna. You like, I literally wouldn't be doing this without you. Um, that's, that's... For everyone that, yeah, for everyone that's listening or that will listen to this, it's like I wouldn't be in the position I'm in at all, at all, if it hadn't been for you uh posting on facebook <laughs> that's right well you know the funny thing i don't know if i've ever told you this before but i was really close to because i hadn't met you in person and you were just like one of those tangential people i sort of knew yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Through, the, through the group and so i was almost ready to like 
you know, unfriend you, not because I didn't like you or anything, but it was just sort of like, sometimes sure, like, like yeah, yeah it was, well, sometimes like, sometimes it'll be people's birthdays. I always feel terrible. Like sometimes I'll unfriend people on their birthdays. I'm like, I haven't heard from that person ever. You know, I don't even know who they are, you know, but I just, I, you know, thought, oh, I'm going to keep it. Thank God I did, you know, but that's so funny. I know, I know. See, I didn't know if I'd ever told you that before. But, no, uh, you had it, but um, completely understandable because it's like I, I, I get like people get all these friends that are they're not actually your friends; they're barely acquaintances, and it's like, what's the point? Sometimes, right? Yeah, and then well, yeah, it's just anyway. But yeah, so that was that was that. But I'm glad that I kept you. <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah, for sure. Now we're like BFFs, you know. So uh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, so you were originally from the Valley, which is how I know you. Um, yeah, Davis, Texas. That's right. And so, uh, well, just so I don't have to tell the story, why don't you tell the story of how you got introduced to the trail scene? Um, um, okay. How you remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when I was in college as a junior, um, I was running through a UTPA, which was the university you were working at, and I was attending as a student. And then um, I wasn't enjoying my time on the track team, so then I quit, and I was doing a lot of local races, and I would always see you there, so I'd always kind of just, like, wave hi. You became a real familiar face, and then um, pretty soon thereafter, you had put up a post. I don't know how we became Facebook friends. I think I looked for you and friended you. Um, like, hey, I, I see her all the time at races and um, wanted to kind of get, um, I guess part of it was I, I knew you were part of a run club um, and I wanted to join more run clubs since I wasn't on the, on the team anymore for the university. And so um, once I did that, I remember it was like not even that much longer after we became Facebook friends that I saw you post like, hey, I'm going on this trip and it's going to be very scenic and uh, there'll be free food, free lodging, open invite, whoever wants to come, just pitching for gas or whatever. Or I didn't even know if you offered that. I think you offered to pay for gas the whole yeah. time. But um, I was like, that sounds fun. Let's do it. <laughs> just like super random. We had never even had a conversation before about anything. Just kind of, hey, I know you. Hey, that's it. Um, but yeah, so after that, uh, we drove up to Rock Springs where uh, the race uh, for Teos Trails called J&J is at. And uh, me and one other guy named Austin joined you. And uh, the other tall white guy. The other tall white guy. We volunteered all night long taking care of an aid station that you were the captain of. And uh, that was my first time too doing that. It was terrifying. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't yeah. know. Oh, yeah, because JT wow. took us up there and then he, uh, you know, just dropped us, you know, with with all the stuff and then left yeah. sort of like, I kind of, I mean, I've never had kids, but it reminded me of what it must feel like when, you know, you're alone with your child for the first time. You're like, oh, my God, what do I do? Yeah, <laughs> I just remember. Rookies. Like, what are we doing? Right. I'm just guys, like. Guys jumped right in there and it was, yeah. Great. Yeah, I felt like it went pretty smooth. Austin had an easier time staying up than I did. Um, oh, one thing I remember is that like, I was just so like excited for it. And I remember that before we even got to the actual venue, I started, I got off the vehicle and started running. I don't remember if you remember that. I do but, remember that. Yeah, like uh, I ran, like I think it was three miles. There was that three mile marker and I was like, hey, let me run from here. 
um, going into Camp Beagle on that dirt road, and I was already excited from there. And then uh, took a took a minute to find you guys. I remember running to the what's it called pavilion, the pavilion, and then going back. And then one of the Camp Eagle staff actually chased me, and they're like, "Hey, don't worry about the pass. Here's your pass." Because um, they kind of had me going back and forth, so I was running around Camp Eagle trying to find you guys and trying to find someone who knew where I was supposed to be. But uh, I, I can't even remember how it worked out. I just remember fi- um, that wasn't that big a deal. They're they were like just super nice about everything. They're like, yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about anything. But yeah, yeah, it was fun. That was the yeah. I mean, it, it was, well, that was the first year for that race too. Because um, oh, to- what? Yeah, yeah. Um, it used to be called Nueces, and um, then okay. they they changed it um from that to this Jane Yeah, to to honor Joe and Joyce, and um. So I remember at that meeting when Chris was on the stage and he was saying, "Oh, in honor to or in honor of the previous owners, we're gonna name this race after them." Um, funny enough, I was talking to Joe today, and because uh. He was looking at the calendar of what races he was going to go to, and he saw that there wasn't a hundred k anymore, or a uh, hundred mile. No, the longest distance we offer is fifty double marathon, fifty two. Um, but Joe was like, "Man, PJ, you got to talk to Chris and tell him that anything that's tied to my name better be a hundred k or more." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like typical Joe fashion. He's just such a like a good old boy. You know, he's like. It's like, if it's named after me, it's got to be tough. And that race is tough, you know? Oh, like, God. Like, race is crazy tough. Yeah, I, I think it's the hardest course um, that, you know, for, for Tejas Trails races, I think. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done many of other people's races, but from what I know about the venues and stuff, I don't think anything's tougher than J&J. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, Colorado Bend is pretty hard, but um, yeah. But I think this one's even got more rocks and elevation. it's just all that stuff i love um right yeah 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 yeah. and you guys uh volunteered to stay up all night and um because i was gonna because they i think the way that that race worked was they had the 100k it started at um seven or eight i can't remember and we were we were so excited we're like wait because we were the very first aid station and i think we were like six miles in or something and um Mm -hmm. I remember we were just like looking up in the hills and stuff, looking for headlamps and stuff and getting all yeah. excited. And it's funny because the the first guy who came through, because we saw this headlamp and we're like, oh, here it comes. I was uh, David Joe. Infante. It was oh, David Infante. Was yeah, because he, uh, he had gotten lost. Uh. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm just going to call it a day. I said, are you sure about that? And, you know, and, and he was really good natured, but that's how I met him and actually interviewed him a few weeks ago. And um, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think we had, I think that might've been the time. I don't know if it was anyway. I think, I think we might've had Chris Prairie. You know him, right? I do. I do yeah. <laughs> He's the guy that showed up. And this, this might've been, might have been the second time I did that. I don't know. I can't remember now, but it doesn't matter. But it, I, I always give him crap about this because he he shows up at the aid station. He's like, where's the gummy bears? Where's the protein? Where's the Oreos? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. dude, we're like the very first aid station. You know, it's 100K. You know, do you really need all that yet? <laughs> That's so funny. because I'm going to start making a sandwich for him and they took off. 
Yeah, that was like my introduction, not only just to trail running, but like the personalities that exist within the trail running community, which like anyone who's new to like this community, like they see that everyone is just 100% themselves, you know, like it's just so funny. No one holds back about anything. No one's shy about anything. So when I first started helping out and I was just like, like, I remember one thing that made me really nervous is that there was a lady who was just like, yeah, just put ice on my bra. And I was like, uh, like, wait, what? (laughs) And then she's like, yeah, just go for it here. Like, and then she like grabs my hand with the, the, what's it called? The scoop. Yeah, yeah. She, like she was like this big chunk of ice there and I was just like oh but she was like yeah don't worry about it it's running and I was like oh, okay and she wasn't the like the last person asked me either there's at least five other ladies who were like it's hot. hot dump it <laughs> like yeah it got really hot at that time it was in September I know now yeah it's in, that's uh, that's right because it was because I remember the second day um <laughs> uh James Torres uh you remember him right from the valley um yeah was- yeah Seattle now I think but he, he got pulled from the race because he was like projectile vomiting and <laughs> there's there a lot of sad soldiers out there that day because it got really hot and um now that wasn't great but uh I think I was doing the, I just came across this video too not long ago um remember I was doing the push-up challenge yeah and oh, Hoel, and Hoel yeah. Was, was shooting video of me and <laughs> he's so funny he cracks me up he's oh my god he's hilarious but you i could hear you in the background because somebody starts ringing the cowbell my cowbell uh, yeah. bot, and then uh and you're like <laughs> 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 and, yeah. and then Huel is just like panning away from me and looking over at david and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> yeah man he's so funny he's so he cracks funny. me up i can't get enough of uh, hanging out with like it's actually his birthday today, so yeah, I noticed. Oh well, happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you, man! Well. Even though this, Love you, buddy. Out, this probably won't come out till Sunday, but that's okay. We're recording it on your birthday. We said it on on time. <laughs> that's right. Your ears are burning for a reason. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was kind of your first taste of that, and I know neither you nor Austin had ever really done any trail races as such before, right? No, nothing. Um, I've had one, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I actually had some trail running experience, but I just didn't know that it was like categorized as its own thing. I just considered like, oh, it's another long run with the team. But yeah, um, back in Indiana, I used to run for a small D3 when I was a freshman. And um, we would go to a local, two different local parks, um, one was called Clifty Falls, and one was called Shades State Park. And both of those, we would put our long runs in some hard workouts. Jeez. Yeah, well, but it got in your blood or something. I, I mean, I know I didn't want <laughs> you to keep, but you just kept coming back to it too, right? It was just, it was fun. Like more than the running itself and the scenery and everything, I was just really attracted to the people. Yes. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, I think that's the best part really about the, the trail scene is just the people. It's just like, you know, a lot of my life I've, you know, you know, you try to find your tribe or your group or whatever, you know, and, and it took me <laughs> till about 10, 10, 11 years ago till I found it. And then I was like, 
wow, I'm home. This is fun. But see, like when I was a kid, I, you know, I grew up up in the country, you know, in Ohio, and we would go, you know, play in the woods and stuff like that. So I think that's really what it, you know, it, it reminds me of, even though we may not have run, you know, because I was, I did not run when I was a kid. But mm-hmm. <laughs> they used to make us run around the graveyard at my Catholic school. And of course, I was. <laughs> I always thought that was ironic. Yeah, I was like, okay, right. You know? That's <laughs> funny. Um, when I started like winning races in high school and stuff, everyone was like, "What? Like PJ? What?" Because I like hated uh, exercise. Like really, all the way, all the way up until like, I was like thirteen or fourteen. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was just funny. Like my coaches that were like in elementary, um, they'd be like, "No, no way, not yet." For real? Like, <laughs> like, PJ? Like, it, was, it was awesome. Oh, um, yeah, I used to hate running for a long time. Yeah. But, but then once you figure it out, it's not so bad, you know. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, um, so what was the, so, I mean, obviously the people and the, the whole laid back scene and, you know, the characters, <laughs> um, you know, but again, you know, you're living what, you know, five hours minimum away from oh my races. gosh I, thought, I mean yeah. it took us like seven hours i think to get up to camp eagle that time camp eagle that was rough yeah that's, and that's, i, mean, I that's don't think we made that many stops or anything we were just, no. just straight I driving. We, i remember we stopped at mcdonald's because we were really hungry <laughs> so, yeah. yeah but um but yeah that was that was pretty crazy um so uh but they, I don't know that I I took you with me to too many other races, as I recall. It no, like you I sort just, of kind of gravitated yourself. Yeah, literally just started running with it. Um, yeah, uh, I just had a really good time. So I was uh, telling some of my friends that I was working with at the time, I was like, hey, y'all got to come to this thing. They'll provide meals for us. We get to camp out and hang out. It'll be a good time. And uh, a lot of the friends I was hanging out with, like, they were very, like, task-oriented people. They love, like, keeping their hands busy. So when it came to volunteering, they are like, oh, we got it. We got it. We're going to be the best volunteers. Ever. I was like, Heck yeah, like, like, let's do that. So um, all of the times we were just, you know, trying to help Chris out and JT with as much as we could. Um, and it, it was awesome. Like, they, they were, they never stopped letting us know how thankful they were and, even um, Heather and Chrissy too. They would. Um, so Chrissy's Chris's wife. Heather is Jonathan's wife. Right. Um, and they'd be like, you know, you gave us two more days with our husbands. Like, they would have been out here another two or three days doing everything that you guys did. Um, so we're thankful to have that extra time. So, um, you know, uh, it, it just feels good to be in any type friendship or relationship where you feel like you, you can't give enough to that other person and they feel the same you know so that's very much how it's always been with everyone I've known at Tejas yeah it's a good group it really is yeah, yeah. As I recall, you you used to do a lot of the course teardown too right that was like what I was not what I intentionally was focused on but what I enjoyed the most um it, I don't know if I kind of felt uh it just felt really nice being the last person out there and clearing anything, just making it sure that it was um, in as good as condition as when before the race, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, typically I would run whatever distance was closest to half marathon, 
kind of take a break in between, help out here and there so long as my legs were fine and I could, you know, walk around without cramping. And then as soon as it's time to go, I was like, all right, like second run of the day, let's do it. <laughs> and then just try to knock it out as fast as I could with uh, some of our friends that would come out and help. And, right. uh, JT kind of just picking up and dropping off so we could leapfrog different parts of the course. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah, I remember some of your friends coming. <laughs> oh man, that was interesting. Um, so uh, there was a brief time, I, I recall, I don't know if it was that brief, but there was a time when I think you were working up in Austin or some around rock, I think like something like that. Yeah. Um, so um, stayed with Chris for a while. Oh yeah. That was fun. Um, so in 2017, I graduated um, from the university and then what immediately did you study? psychology. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then I immediately like, oh man, I forgot I did this. So I moved the same week as a Captain Carl's race and I had my whole um, car packed with everything that I had, like all my stuff um, and tore down, the, like I went to Chris's house just to drop off some of that stuff. And then didn't even spend the night there or anything, like just a couple hours there. And I was like, hey, Chris, I'm going to leave to go help Brad out with his race. And then I'll be back on Monday. So I like drove up to Austin, dumped myself off at Chris's house, went to help out at Captain Carl's at Reveille Peak. And then Monday was back and then started my job. But my interview was that Wednesday before. So, yeah, graduated at an interview on Wednesday, was moving to Austin, but in between that helped out with full teardown of the event. <laughs> Dang, that was crazy. I just like thinking about it. Oh, like, wow. I forgot about all that. I just remember you moved <laughs> Chris for a little while. So yeah. Um yeah, yeah, and then uh two weeks later I moved into my own apartment and stuff after I got paid from well I started I was working at a clinic for kids with autism or mm -hmm. kids on the spectrum. And uh I did that for like three years um kind of like five I guess <laughs> or four and a half something like that but three years in Austin and then like a year and a half in the valley and then I moved back to Austin right right so okay I thought we were gonna get photobombed by a cat but I don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> on the couch I'm like Argh. um so what was I gonna ask you oh Okay, so I, I know that um, as you, you know, as you get got deeper into this, you know, helping Chris and volunteering and all that sort of thing, you got to drive uh, the big boy trucks and stuff like that, right? Big ugly. Yeah, that's what we called it, big ugly. Yeah, no, no. What do they call it? Yeah, big ugly. Big ugly, yeah, right. I knew there's a new yeah. I think yeah, you had, like, I think you had like a little situation, as I recall, up at, well, bandera as we call it or was it cactus i don't know uh there's a situation literally every race so i'm not sure which one you're talking about like, we have, <laughs> like um it's crazy people always like say like man your races are so well put together yada 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 but a lot of the time it's like uh they also don't see how many problems we take care of too so it's like i don't know someone ran 
the world record for the 400, but they had to do it while fighting a crowd and jumping over hurdles and <laughs> kicking a raccoon out of the way. Like, there's just, like, so many things. Like, it's, like, it's so hard to put on a race. And then all these, like, surprise things just come at you. Yeah, that's that's got to be really challenging. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, being behind the scenes, you know, as a volunteer, I mean, I've seen some, you know, weird stuff and, and whatnot, you know. Um, I seem to recall... I don't know if it was last year or the year before at J and J. There's some guy who had never run more than a 5K. You remember this guy? I do. <laughs> I do. And claimed yeah. that he won. And ooh, I guess I guess Chris had to be the dream killer on that one. But no. Um. I well. So was it the guy who was kind of saying some silly stuff about him? He only did it because of the girl. He was oh, trying right. to get yes, the 5K. Yes. Okay. So if it's that guy, yes, that now was like a particularly odd happening. Um, turns out, like I was like, where have I seen this guy? But I used to work with a with him at a gym, um, and so like he was known for just like making up lies and stuff. And he kind of he ended up becoming a manager, but then it just like he got super exposed in that position because he wasn't doing it right. But anyway, he uh, was cutting course and stuff and couple of people that were in the race were just bringing it to our attention like hey like he's running backwards on the course and he's like literally going off course saying that he's doing what he's doing is supposedly dropping seven million miles at like mile 50 plus like just super like all these red flags coming up and then um kyle's just so good with his pacing charts he was like this doesn't make sense like yeah, sorry yeah. but unless you can prove it like with strava or with uh, a gps watch which then, he didn't uh, have. <laughs> he didn't they have either do. of those. So they <laughs> never do. And it's kind of like, man, it's like, not that we're trying to say that you're this or that, but it's just like, if you prove it, great. If you can't, then there's always next year, just try again. And if you train as hard as you did this year, then you'll have the same result next year. But yeah, that, that was like, um, I think it was, uh, was it Dina and Nancy? There's maybe like two of the people that were like, yeah, like I was shouting at him and he just wouldn't go the right way. So, oh no. Yeah, it happens. Always something, always something. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, and yeah, and I mean, some of the smaller races, it's hard to um, have enough people out there to kind of, uh, what do they call it, like course marshal or whatever. Like, like for Bandera, I know that Chris Russell usually is out there being the course marshal for, um, you know, that one certain i think it's that lollipop loop or whatever yeah, yeah. sky island i've seen people cheat on that before. oh man so yeah uh, this i mean they're not gonna changed. win you know so it's fine yeah yeah i've seen that too but just like hey just so you know this is what happens you're not officially a finisher you know you're not doing everything that everyone else is right? you're not it's doing not. the course yeah exactly. I, I also remember brad saying that yeah so that that yeah. So, so at what point, um, you know, there you are, you're, you're working, you know, in the field that you, you know, studied for and, you know, meanwhile, you're, you know, helping out at these races and stuff. Um, and you get presented with, uh, an opportunity. Is that, is that how that worked? Yeah. So, um, it Brad, right. It was Brad, uh, Brad Quinn. So, uh, I think it was like in the middle of COVID or 
Yeah, yeah, actually it was because uh, yeah. the trail running festival had gotten moved to September. That's right. And it was in the middle of COVID and that's why it got moved because we weren't allowed to have it. So I went to go volunteer at the festival and then Brad uh, kind of pulled me aside and we were like inside the trailer and we were just chatting. And he's like, hey, uh, so like, what do you want to do in life? <laughs> I was just like, uh, you're gonna say that. Like, what do you mean? He's like, well, yeah, I'm like, what are your, your five-year plan? I was just like, uh, I mean, ideally I want to keep furthering myself like with my education and um, you know, be able to develop treatment programs for kids on the spectrum and kids with disabilities and help them kind of just be able to live life independently, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, he's like, Oh, well, have you ever thought about you know taking on um becoming a race director and doing that as a career? Like, I do that. I went also work as a occupational therapist on my free time, I make my own schedule and I do this on the side. And, provide for you know a family of six you know live pretty comfortably um so it's something to think about is like i'm not wanting to sell i don't want to sell at all but if you wanted to buy um i think you'd be the right person and so uh like i don't even think i hesitated i was like heck yeah like <laughs> that sounds great which is like how do i do it <laughs> i was like this is so much fun yeah i was like i'm uh so I was working as a registered behavior technician and that you don't typically earn that much. Like, um, and then uh, the way with most uh, behavioral clinics, um, the way they operate, you don't necessarily uh, have the, the hours to, to work full time. So I was kind of like back and forth with it. I was only really doing it because I, 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 why I wanted to move forward, you know, it wasn't like financially, it wasn't like great of a job. But again, I wasn't doing that because I really enjoyed working with kids and I really enjoyed making a difference for them and, you know, hopefully getting them to a point where they didn't need all this extra help. But yeah. Yeah. So that's where I was at. And then uh, once Brad threw that offer at me, we started going back and forth and how to work and make it happen um, up until the point now where it's 100% mine. So I have Spider Mountain. Uh, the four Captain Carls and then Trivium. So those are all my events. That's so cool. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna come. Um, come out to Spider Mountain this time. I've never been. So, man, that one's a blast. <laughs> it looks fun. Yeah. So yeah. that'd be fun. So, um, obviously you had to come up with. Well, and and the reason that Brad was was um selling his portion of the of the um business is because he was moving back up to Wisconsin, right? Yeah, he really wanted to spend more time with, like, his parents who mm -hmm. were still in Wisconsin. So, um, I think it would have been, like, he could have, if he really wanted to, he could, you know, spend summers down here or fly every week or whatever. But um, I think he's just really wanting to focus on the time he has left with his parents. I think his parents are in their 80s if i'm not mistaken so you know um i love that he's doing that because i mean i love my parents like and i would hate to get to a time where i don't have them around anymore and then i'm stuck left like with that feeling of like oh i should have spent more time right like um i i don't think 
were like all of us, like everyone in life, definitely you got loved ones that you wish you could have had more time with, but there's going to be a time that you get to where you don't have the option anymore. Right. So I think he's doing a really awesome thing by choosing that life and spending time at home. I know he's super happy. Um, I, I've got to meet his parents a couple of times and they're super sweet. Like, it's so weird. Like, um, cause Brad is my dad's age. Like they're oh, born, wow. the, same, born yeah. the same year and everything. <laughs> and, uh, it's so weird. Cause I don't, I don't like he's their baby, you know? You don't think of a 50-year-old man, 52-year-old man or whatever, as a baby. Right. But just seeing them is like, hey, make sure you do this, Brad. Okay, well, be safe, Brad. Did you listen? Like, you know, like, <laughs> I can't, I can't. But, like, seeing them in person and just, like, how sweet they are and how, like, I don't know. It just, it just makes sense that Brad is as caring as he is because his parents oh, yeah. are just the same way. The mid, I think it's kind of a Midwest sort of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I I'm 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you had to you had to come up with some money though. I mean, this isn't like, oh, hey, sure, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna ask you how much you you had to take out, but I mean, you had to get a loan or something. Am I right about that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lo- it was a lot of work. I mean, I just pretty much pinched my pennies as much as I could, and uh, like I was working a couple of different jobs, um, all at the same time. Like uh, yeah, it was nonstop work. You don't sleep a lot. Yeah. <laughs> funny. So I mean, it's nothing that I haven't been used to. Like I've been working since I was like sixteen or seventeen, um, and kind of haven't ever stopped. Like all throughout college, I was working at least two jobs, and uh, there's only like a handful of weeks since I was seventeen. That I've only had one job. I've always had like two or three. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, wow. just, yeah, funny thing. enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but mainly because I'm like, oh, well, like, I want to do all these things. And I mean, I've gotten way better at like uh, learning how to appropriate my time, like what, what best, what tasks best deserve my time to make life um, just easier on myself. Um, but yeah, I was just working my ass off. <laughs> I was like, I literally doing like odd jobs too. Like aside, I was uh, working for Chris. I was timing for Kyle. I was working at a gym. And then I was doing some odd jobs on the side. And then I was also, um, I had started working for a real estate agency where I was going and I was um, surveying homes for them, just making sure that the projects were being done on time. So I would go and take photos and make sure that there weren't any chips in the foundation or anything like that. Like I was just literally working four or five jobs to make it happen. <laughs> That's crazy. I did not know all that. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and it I know was you're hard working, but Lord. <laughs> yeah, I just really wanted it and I wanted to make it happen on time. And uh the time frame that Brad wanted was um not realistic for me to make happen with just one job. So yeah. I was like, all right, just got to work harder, figure out more ways to do it. So that was, I don't think it was the best answer. I'm pretty sure I could have tried to figure something else out, but I was like, this is a answer. And this is something I can start working on right now. So I'm just starting doing it and um, slowly kept me on pace to do it. And then uh, I did have a couple of uh, 
friends and uh well no actually i don't think i borrowed no i didn't borrow anything from family but that was like something i was like really close to leaning on but I had some friends that were um that came to me and said hey like i know this is your goal i'm happy to invest and uh just super thankful for them that's really nice yeah 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 so okay so tell tell me about the re i mean because it's funny i can remember this is so funny i was taking jessica up to trivium i think it was mm -hmm. like a year, ago, a year ago november and it was the first time she ever volunteered <laughs> and, and i was telling her about you and all this and you know and i was like yeah and he's gonna be a race director da, 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 da. and um, she's like i'd like to be a race director and i'm and i'm just oh like, yeah that was hilarious i was like <laughs> and then by the end of the trip she's like oh no i don't think i could be a race director <laughs> so yeah why don't you, yeah, detail, and, and again, you are 29? Yeah, I'm 29 right now. Yeah, so you're a young guy, yeah, so I mean, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of responsibility, so, so tell yeah. us a little bit, yeah, because I think a lot of times people don't really understand what a race director does, and um, it's definitely more than just showing up <laughs> and, sure. you know, putting up some, you know, flags in a, you know, timing mat or something, you know, so, yeah. Um, so I. So you just in general want what a race director does? Yeah. You're or saying? what you're what? I guess what was surprising that you didn't expect or that you didn't you know realize was part of the yeah you because know, I I know that like for instance like a, a race like um, Bandera you guys you know it takes a good week if not more to get that whole thing squared oh, away. It's crazy uh, how much like man hours goes into it. Um, but what I will say is that, um, like, 1,000%, like, super thankful to anyone who decides to volunteer for our races because, like, they wouldn't happen. They would not. Um, you know, I think you really need to have Hoel. I Like, not just because it's on it, it's his birthday today, but, man, he has so much insight, especially on um, our side of things because he did help me pull off one event where it was just me, him, and one other person. I remember that yeah and it was so hectic we had zero volunteers show up and it was like i don't think anyone noticed that it was uh like not that well supported because they felt like it was well supported but on our side of things like behind the curtain it was like <laughs> not it was just a lot of work was that the trailblazer uh, one yeah 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 so um in general, yeah, I'm just super thankful for everyone who decides to come out and volunteer because um, it really makes like these events just so much smoother. And not only that, but like enjoyable for all of us. Like I can't, like I didn't necessarily enjoy Trailway because I was always like worried that someone was going to get to an aid station and be like, nobody there no one's here to support me no one even cares that i'm doing this race what's up with this organization blah 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 but um from what i know no one felt that way um but i was worried that i don't know i just take things to heart like <laughs> when at, at, um like i don't know like i've talked to this like had conversations with people about this about having like a certain expectation for myself when i'm handling the race and like in general, like no matter what you do, you can't please everyone. Like you can't. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very unrealistic to have this expectation of pleasing everyone. Um, 
but sorry, I had this stupid wrong one. Um, <laughs> but there's nothing like I in my head. It's like, what's wrong with having that expectation anyway? Like a lot of people try to do a hundred milers, regardless if they're capable or not, and say, "Hey, I'm going to try to do this hundred miler." And maybe you don't get there, but having it the goal is going to put you at a pretty good spot. Like maybe you were only physically really capable of doing 40 miles, but you went out and did 45 mm -hmm. because you had the goal of a hundred. Like that is amazing. Like that's like you went, what is it? Whatever the, that extra five more miles and you got to see that part of yourself. So in my head, I'm like, I want literally, if we have 450 people sign up, I want 450 people to say like, man, that was the best experience I've ever had. I felt so supported. I felt so loved. I felt like all these things that encompass what we try to deliver. And so um, in order to make that happen, you need volunteers. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, you can't do it without volunteers. So you just can't like anyone who says they can is just putting on a race that only has 10 people or they're lying. Like, you know, like there's just, you can't satisfy that many people by yourself. It's just, it's, uh, it's a good goal to have, but not realistic without volunteers. Um, and mainly because there's so much work that needs to happen. And if you're really showing that you care about people, you personalize things, right? Like if I give, I don't know, if I have 10 people come up to an aid station, I'm like, here, I'm giving you all salt pills for one that's going to make, like, that's going to make someone cramp. That's going to jack up someone's stomach. That's going to help one person, maybe three. But like, if you're trying to do the same thing for every single person, it's not it's not good, right? Versus you having four volunteers there and they each take care of two people and they find out exactly what they need. Like, oh, this person needs salt. This person needs tailwind. This person needs um, more sugar. This person's like, yeah, Coke, whatever. And uh, you just can't give that kind of love and compassion and consideration. Like, you can't be thoughtful that at that level unless you have other people to help you out so yeah um and it's like those are all the things that me and chris think about like what can we do to make this experience something that someone's going to want to have again and again for the rest of their lives mm -hmm. so um and that go like that, that that's what makes it so difficult just the standard right um if you're thinking like that for every little thing from course markings to facilities to um the food we provide um to the metals we design right like it, it's a hard standard to, to uh live up to so yeah that's i guess that's what makes it exhausting very <laughs> challenge yeah no but you guys do a great job of it too and um yeah, I mean, I as a volunteer, you know, um, I think it's important that the volunteers, because especially on the longer distance races, um, they start trying to do some of the thinking for the runner because a lot of times they don't even know what they want, you know. And so sometimes yeah. I'm just gonna be like, "You have you had salt lately, you know, or you want a shot of coke, you know?" Right. And then they're like, and they do, and then they're like, they put it back out again. <laughs> I'm like, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that one's always surprised me. Like, love that. I feel like a bartender. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Like, I mean, I love soda, but uh, I can't stand it on a run. 
Oh no! See, I have to have it. Soon the first. Really? Like that's? I mean, I like I, that's like a what's it called? A vice, like for me. Like I, uh, I drink. I probably drink way too much soda. But like during a race, during a run, I can't really have anything other than tailwind or water. Yeah. Well, that's probably better. For you. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't yeah, maybe. soda. So that I guess that's. I just use that as a little treat. I like. I like the bubbles and the and the caffeine and the sugar. <laughs> yeah, the carbonation. But um. But anyway, um, so yeah, so you had that one situation then where, um, I mean, and Trailway was kind of a smaller race too, thank God, right? Yeah, yeah, it was probably 200 people. Yeah, I mean, it's still a lot, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know that sometimes, you know, you, uh, you have to be there, you know, through thick and thin. And um, I remember, I think it was last summer, it was, uh, maybe maybe it was for j and j last year i don't know you were driving the the the, the you were you're taking the trailer and, and it broke down oh. <laughs> yeah uh it actually um that's happened to me a total of three times um no i only know about one so, yeah uh i think you're talking are you talking about the one where we had to move bandera to Camp beagle Okay, yeah, there was that one, yes. And well, you had one too where you were staying, you got stuck outside of San Antonio. That was it. That was it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was oh, Hollywood. That's Park right. Or that's right. Yeah, that was so oh, it was just such a yeah, that was <laughs> it was not much. Fun. Yeah, so man, uh I love telling this one because uh it was just like one thing after another after another going wrong. So for those who don't know or haven't told the story too. I had just got back from getting a, Chris had bought a new trailer to fit everything that we need for our races. And I drove all the way to Wisconsin and then back. And then like a day after I got back, started driving the, the older trailer to Bandera. And as I, I was going, um, I took off late in the day, at probably around like two or three. And so I was in San Antonio because, like, there was heavy traffic. I was on the north side of San Antonio by, like, five or six. And around Hollywood Park, uh, got a flat. And so Chris is, like, super well prepared. He has, like, two big industrial jacks. And then he has, like, another regular one. But it's, like, heavy duty. And so I was trying to lift up the, the trailer. And... Uh, <laughs> Have you you know the tent poles that we use for our tents, right? They're like yeah, probably yeah. about five five feet tall. Um, well, I was trying to use that to get more leverage to lift up. So like a regular jack pole is probably what like two feet. So then that paired along with the five foot pole, I was trying to jack it up. <laughs> I was like I was like this close to getting the tire off the ground, but I couldn't do it. So then I brought out uh, one of the industrial jacks. And I looked it up just a little bit, and um, it still wasn't enough. So then I pulled out the third jack, and um, mind you, probably two hours have gone by me just trying to do this stupid thing. And then, um, did anyone try I, to stop and help you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was uh, going to. Well, part of it is too that I wasn't really in a safe spot. Um, I had saw the tire blow up uh, right when it happened, and I was trying to take the exit, but I didn't make it all the way, so I don't want to drive on the rim. Mm -hmm. And so I was on the ramp, like getting off the ramp. 
but yeah. just to the side of it um, on the shoulder. And so um, I, and so it was probably like around seven this at this time when I try to implement the third jack. And so it's like already getting dark. I, um, I'm really going for it on this third jack. And then one of the piston or the pins that locked the jack to like bump it up breaks. And like I had my entire weight, like I was like leaning over on it. And I, I break the jack and then um, the trailer sinks a little bit. The jack, like I fall over onto the ground. The jack falls on the top of my ankle and like kind of like makes my ankle swell up. Oh <laughs> and I was lying on the floor, Donna, like like a kid throwing a tantrum because he's not getting the cereal at the store. I was like, ah! <laughs> like, like on the floor, just like so mad because I was trying with like all the effort I had and it just hurt myself and was like frustrated. So then um, I go to the, the driver's seat of the, the Ram and um, I started watching the video on YouTube on like what I could do, maybe like reposition the whole trailer. And, what we do um, yeah. yeah, I was exhausted. Like I could not keep my eyes open. So like I had, like I was standing up and leaning into the truck. Like I wasn't even sitting inside of it. And I fell asleep like standing up. <laughs> <laughs> I, like half my body's inside the truck my other half is standing outside oh, no. and then um uh i didn't know him, but it was like three in the morning and a cop came by and he's like hey uh what are you doing you okay you're right like, what's going on and um <laughs> i guess he thought i was on drugs or something because it's just awkward i was like hey sorry i i fell asleep this is the issue i have blah 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 um but anyway, long story short, um, I was able to get it up with a little bit of his help. Um, went to Discount Tire at like 7 a.m. And then at 7.30, I get a call from Chris, who was in Hawaii at the time. That's right. And then uh, he's, because for his anniversary, yeah, yeah, celebrating um, his anniversary with Chrissy. And he's like, uh, the race just got canceled. I got to figure out if we can do it at Camp Beagle or not. I'll call you back in five minutes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so in those five minutes, I literally called like 20 people. I was like, hey, just so you know, get ready to go to Bandera. I mean, get ready to go to Camp Eagle. Don't know if we're going to have it yet, but I'll send you a text here in a bit. And then Chris calls me five minutes later. He's like, hey, start calling people. But Camp Eagle is good to, to have the race. So let's go ahead and um, thank God for that. <laughs> move it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you were setting up with the race in Bandera, course marking, and then well, you have your own side to that. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm out there with Henry and forget who else. But yeah, we were out there and they had been marking all the day before and we're out there, you know, marking the course. It's a Wednesday, you know, and, and then we get the call that, uh, yeah, the, the park superintendent or whatever that guy, I don't know what his title is, but the, the dude in yeah. charge, that, that there might be some rain. And and so we had to, uh, you know, pull the race from, from there and, uh, you know, and then thank God we could move it someplace else, but so then we had to go out and take down all the stuff we had marked. <laughs> yeah, I was so thankful, because like, again, like, let's just say that we didn't have any volunteers for this race, the race would have been canceled. Yeah. Like, uh, if we didn't have any volunteers show up to help out um, when we moved it to Camp Eagle, for one, uh, shout out to Camp Eagle, because they, like, 
like they were on it as soon as i got there they had like five staff members like all right what can we do and we started getting to work right away i was like this goes there that goes there like you come with me let's go do this blah 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 but yeah we literally set up that course in like 21 hours like nonstop. like as, as soon as i got there we didn't stop like it was crazy well, just the fact that, and and it's not like that race um, is normally, you know, held out at this place. And so you have to figure out your distances and, you know, and that's, yeah. a, that's a big race, Cactus Rose. <laughs> well, uh, this one was for Camp Eagle, but uh, it's even, it's even crazier than it was for Camp Eagle. Oh, well, Cactus Rose too. But yeah. this specific time where the trailer broke down was for um, Camp, for oh, Cactus Rose. Oh, okay, got for it. Camp Eagle, sorry, Camp Eagle. Uh, Bandera, Band Eagle. <laughs> Band Eagle, that's right. I also remember that yeah. one too. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So they both got moved that year, but the one where the trailer broke down was for um, Bandera. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Cactus. cactus. Pretty sure. Hmm? It was, I think it was Cactus. No, because I went to go get the trailer after that. Okay. Okay. Wow. But yeah. It all starts blending together. <laughs> oh, it does. I know. But yeah, it was just insane. Um, and But yeah, so I mean, the other thing too, and, and this this always, you know, impresses me, um, and I know Chris has gotten a lot better about it, uh, is just like, that trailer is incredibly well organized. I mean, you guys have totes and, you know, it's not like stuff is random. Although I have to say, and it's no one's fault. It's just whenever I do an aid station, <laughs> I spend usually the first half of my shift trying to figure out where everything is because it's like where's the bread okay i can't remember which which is funny yeah Yeah, um one thing i've been trying to do and i just haven't gotten into it yet is just making a full-on list and taping it onto those totes just to help people um yeah but yeah just making time for that see like it's just all right, what's the next thing we can do? What's that next level? That's that next standard where we could help. I mean, it's not a big everyone, deal, but it's but, just, yeah, it's just fun. But it would make all the difference, right? Like if you're having a, a runner wait on you and they're like, hey, I need pickle juice, a, a, a tampon or something, you know, yeah. like something random that you like, I'll, oh yeah, it's in the tote with all the dry goods, right? Like or all the paper towels and stuff. You can't find a first aid kit or there's just like right. Band-aids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever the reason is, but yeah. it's like waiting three minutes versus thirty seconds is all the difference. Like especially as someone's morale. Mm-hmm. Like if they're if they're on the downcline, you know they're like getting discouraged, and then you give them an opportunity to sink and wait in that like discouraged feeling, then it might like, drop. It's it's demoralizing. Yeah, so it's like you don't want to give people time to um, down spiral. Right. So. No, it's, yeah. But yeah, if you ever need help with that, let me know. I can help you with that. <laughs> with what? What specifically? It's like labeling those totes or whatever. Like, oh, uh, yeah. No, I'm just going to print out a sheets for it, right? Just repeat yeah. sheets. But well, I think yeah. also it helps with um, cleanup too. So that way, you know, because like you've got all the, the dirty, um, you know, knives. I mean, even though, you know, we're, we're, wiping them down with uh you know those Clorox Clorox wipes wipes. yeah I mean you know you're always trying to stay tidy but um but you know at the end you have to have one tooth that's got like all your dirty dishes in it or whatever so yeah I mean we always end up washing everything like we don't trust anything like there have been so many times where people wipe and actually do an awesome job of 
getting everything cleaned up, but we just no, can't trust it. it, you know? Yeah, you have to self and bleach everything. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so anyway, um, so a typical race, let's just say, uh, let's not talk about Rocky because I know, I know Rocky and Bandera, you know, those are, those are a little different. Um, but let's just say like a J&J race. How long does it take you guys to set up the whole, um, I mean, are you there from Monday through, you know, Friday or do you go out midweek or how does that work? Typically like four days. That one's a pretty big loop. So yeah. um, I want to say about 25, 28 hours to set up the course itself. And then maybe another 10 to 15 of, uh, you okay? Yeah, I'm going to go get a drink of water. Keep talking. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so another 10 to 15 of um, setting up aid stations and stuff. Um, yeah, so all in all, probably somewhere between 45, 50 hours Damn. Uh, to do everything. So, yeah, those days are long, but then the only reason they're long is because like we're trying to get everything dialed in really well. Okay. Yeah, I was one of the walkies I start coughing. We've got the <laughs> um all right, what was I gonna ask you? Um yeah, so I mean there's a lot of time and it's not like you guys are staying in the lap of luxury either. Okay. You guys are kind of like sleeping in the trailer and stuff, or how does that work? Funny, yeah, funny enough. J and J is like the most rugged race that we have, but it's also the one where we have like really yes. nice accommodations for ourselves. Yeah, it's like we have like a suite to ourselves. It's just super nice. It's like a hotel, um, like a really nice personalized <laughs> yeah. hotel. It's funny. Um, so for Bandera, just um, I mean, I don't know anyone that prepares like Chris. Like he just has everything dialed in so insanely well. He has like. If I were to have like four layers to a thought, Chris has like 16. Oh, wow. Like, it, yeah, he just prepares so well. So the day before we went out to Bandera, so Monday before Bandera, we were at Camp Eagle. And uh, we were just making sure that the course was going to be good just in case we had to move it there. Um, so he, he was scouting out stuff. And um, at the end of the day, I met him at one of the places we stayed. And uh, – it was really cool because he took down a portrait. And he was like, check this out, man. Like, I was in this, but they cut me out. I was supposed to be right here. But it's just funny. Like, um, those uh, units that they have are just very personalized. They have a lot of history of camp people and stuff and portraits or whatever. Yeah. And he worked there for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, other than that, like, my little Pace Bend State Park, I sleep in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, for I'm a lot of these races, I'll just sleep in the trailer. I just put out the cot. What do you do at uh, Rocky? Um, do you guys have it? Because I know there's that lodge, but I don't really think there's any place to sleep in there, right? No, no, there isn't. Um, sometimes I'll just pull up a cot. Uh, there, like he has a camper that he'll bring, so we'll spend some time in there. Okay. But uh, if that's not accessible or his family's there or whatever, then I'll head over to the lodge and just stay on a cot. Okay, that's yeah, fine. Too. So. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I could care less. Like me personally, I've fallen asleep on the trail, like l using a rock for a pillow and I'm not even kidding. Like I just prop up my head like, all right, time to get some rest. <laughs> That's what I was going to do that, that first time at Camp Eagle when we were doing J&J, because &J, I, I think I left you guys like around one o'clock in the morning or something or 11 p.m. I don't know. It was late. Yeah. It was, I had my sleeping bag and my pillow and I was going to go try to find the, the dorms or whatever, you know, and of course, Camp Eagle in the dark, you know, oh, yeah. looks like and it's incredibly, you know, Byzantine and you're like, I don't worry about it. And I got to the point where I was... I was so tired and so frustrated because I couldn't figure out where to go that I was literally going to lie on the side of the road, you know, with my head on my pillow and, and throw my sleeping bag over me, <laughs> sleep on the side of the road until morning until I could figure out where I was supposed to be. But then the great thing is I saw this truck coming. And so I was like, okay, I don't care who it is. I'm just going to ask them if they can give me a ride you know, back. Uh -huh. And uh, so who's, who's in, who's inside the truck? Mario Rodriguez and, and Robert Ruiz. Ah, uh, really? Up the volunteer. So I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I found you guys. Your people on that side. I know. That was such a crazy time. But but yeah. anyway, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I was going to car camp actually, incidentally, next weekend um, for uh, Rocky, but I was looking at those temperatures and it's looking kind of cold. So. I oh, yeah. I have a, man, I so sometimes, like, the only time I'll pay attention to the weather is for. Uh, bandera yeah but any other race it's like regardless of what the temperature is we still got to do what we still got to do so it's just right. like, it seems like rocky um, i don't think it's going to be really super cold this time i mean it seems like the last well because i've been out there for the second weekend the last two years it was remember the, the two well i guess it'll be three years ago yeah we had the the freeze coming in you know, and, oh my gosh and then uh last year i we, literally almost died like 13 times <laughs> Oh, that was miserable. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I, th I think, as, as I recall, I think um, uh, Chris and JT, I think they had to leave the the the, the trailer behind and, and just come back and get it later in the week because, you know, they just... Yeah. Yeah, I was with them. Um, we all left at the same time. And they're like, um, everything's good where it's at. The park said it's good for us to come back later in the week for it the weather's not going to get better until like Thursday or Friday. So that's when we're going to come back for Next it. Month. You should go. Yeah. They're like, you should go home. We're going home. So there's no point for you staying here. And then, uh, yeah, we all left the park and they, I remember we left pretty late. Like everyone we got, they got home around midnight and I got home a little thereafter, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that was cold. That was awful. Yeah. Well, and then last year, you know, it was my birthday, as you call. Um, and it got progressively colder as the day went on. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the second weekend was really nice. It was crazy. It got really nice during the day, but yeah, the, the first weekend was pretty miserable. <laughs> I don't know if uh maybe do you know uh Penny Penny Lane? Of course, yeah. Okay, and you know uh, Richard in January? Yes, I don't know Richard, okay. but I didn't know January. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think they actually won the your That's your right. award. So, um, yeah, it was so cold that I literally lit my jacket on fire, and I, I didn't remember. notice. I didn't notice because I was still so cold. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, Penny was like, "Oh crap, dude!" and she's like smacking my shoulder, and then Richard, he was on the other side of the tent, he's like running towards me and just 
smacked my arm and I was like, what's going on? And then like, I look and it's like all melted. <laughs> but hilarious. yeah, I was I literally on fire and I still was cold. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah. I think, I think you're going to be okay this, this time around. I, I, I think like, so. Yeah. It looks like it's just going down to around 40, but I was just like, Oh really? Yeah. I don't that's, know. that's oh, I know that's, that's nice. like balmy, you know, but I got a hotel. <laughs> cheap hotel. Uh, I was like, because I'm a little print. Well, I figure if I'm going to be standing out in that stuff all day, the next, you know, the yeah. following day, I, I may as well be comfortable the night before I'm a princess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, but uh, you have to take care of yourself. Well, I, you know, I mean, I I can't sleep in my car. It doesn't bother me that much. And actually, I figured out the key in the summer is I got this little fan that that's like a USB power. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. yeah that's that nice. And it's nice because it's got like white noise and, um, you know, I can sleep. I mean, because <laughs> normally I'm like tossing and turning and yeah, everything. But yeah. Um, what else is I going to ask you about? Oh my God. So what, uh, so uh, what are some of the crazier things that have happened to you that you just never would have dreamed if you could have told yourself, you know, you know, a couple of years ago <laughs> that this would be happening to you? Um, I think, well, I don't know. It just depends on the kind of crazy you're thinking of. So when you first say crazy, I automatically think about emergencies. Yeah. Right. Um, there have been a couple of times where people have had rhabdo or people, times where people got lost. There have been times where we had copters like looking after people, like trying to find someone. Is that like a summary? Both times were, one was in the summer, one was like, uh, on the like cups cusp of the fall um for mellow um which is just this past year and that was crazy there was like 40 people looking for one person oh my god and i was riding my bike all over the park like and uh communicating with the the firefighters and stuff and i was like hey i've already been to these parts like this is where we're looking it's where he was last seen blah 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 he ended up being at the finish line and he was fine but um it's just like the things that people report like yeah he was blue and he was not responsive at all and he was like you know it's like the stories people tell are just so exaggerated but you can't you can't not trust it you know you have to figure it out and make sure Uh, but the guy who was like um in question he he spoke to the firefighters while he was still on the trail and he was like uh i haven't heard of uh, anyone like that i mean uh, I don't know. Maybe he's further back, but he was like lying. He was just straight up like he was having a hard time, and then um, just went back and was like, "Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Like I- I'm okay, but I didn't need help at the time." And we thought that he was, you know, lying dead somewhere. So we didn't find him. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So I mean, scenarios like that have been kind of crazy. There was one other time I remember driving up to help uh, Brad with one of his races, and I got there probably like midnight. And like within five minutes of being there, one of the state park staff, they came and they're like, hey, there's someone lost on course. Um, we have someone who just reported it. And that person, the, the person who came, he was like, hey, I just saw this person on course. He's like X amount of miles back. Um, you need to go get him. He's like very discolored, um, super dehydrated. He's not even sweating anymore. Yeah. And um I know because I'm a medic. I work as an EMT. And so my first thought was like, what the way you just abandoned someone like that? Like, yeah. I was like, what? 
Why, why, why wouldn't you help him, right? She's like MacGyver or something, yeah. So then um, Brad was like, are you good to go? And I was like, just let me put on my running shoes, I'm, I'll go. And so I ran probably like six miles of trail looking for this person and then uh, had a walkie on me. So I was able to communicate with the park staff. And then we had some local or some, some state troopers that had heard the call. So they came to help out too. And then uh, the superintendent, he was like, all right, like, I don't think we have a choice. Let's call the, the choppers to start looking. And then his friends, that, that guy's friends were like, hey, are you guys looking for a number or what, whatever, whatever? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, can we go help? Can we help you find him? And so, like, there was a big team of us looking for him. And uh, I was helping carry, like, a stretcher. And then uh, maybe, like, this whole dilemma was, like, three hours long. So then we finally finally get a call from Brad. I think it was Brad. And he was like, hey, he's here at the finish line. He's been walking on the street. He stepped off the course because he could hear the cars and he wanted to walk on the street versus the trail. Um, but he's here he's fine he's not showing any symptoms of like dehydration or anything he's he's being well taken care of blah 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 and then we're like oh like thank god like you know like it's all good like it it was all this high level stress but not for much of anything thank goodness yeah yeah, it ended well so (laughs) yeah i mean we have it pretty dialed in to where we could find anyone. And if we don't, like, we call it, like, chasing ghosts. Like, when we're looking for someone who's not even on the course anymore. But um, every time we've had to find someone, if they're on the course, we find them. Oh, good. Or, like, or, I mean, if they're in on the venue, pretty much. Yeah. And we use every bit of trail for most of the venues. I don't think there's a single venue we use where we don't mm-hmm. have trail we're using. And if it is, it's, like, not much right so well that's good yeah <laughs> yeah that's like the, the craziest thing um, yeah no and I, I think it's also that that is a good point about getting the person's uh bib number because i know at brazos this year um there's a guy because it got really hot and there's a guy he was really struggling and um and he's like I, i'm gonna need some help and i'm like well stay put <laughs> I'll, I'm going to go run up to the aid station and I'll tell them there. I didn't, I mean, I had a description of him and everything and I knew, and he was standing by this particular sign, but I didn't think to get his bib number. So, and I mean, eventually they found him and, you know, he was all right, but you know, they DNF'd, you know, but um, the, yeah, that that's a very good tip, tip for those of you who want to help, uh, make sure you get somebody's bib number. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, Two other times I'll share real quick, um, and they were they're really crazy. Like even just watching it, it was kind of wild to see how serendipitous the the moment was. But there was one time I met this lady from McAllen. Funny enough, she hadn't she hadn't lived in McAllen for like thirty years, but she was like, "Yeah, I'm from McAllen. I grew up there." Blah blah. blah. Um, she was doing Hell's Hills fifty mile, and. Uh, and probably like 30 miles into the race she was like yeah like i'm just ah, i get hurts right here i don't know if i should go on like my legs are fine i just don't know like i'm scared like i haven't had heart problems but like it runs in my family and blah 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 and then the very next guy to come up he was like hey like how's your race going like we keep passing each other blah 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 she's like i don't know i think i'm gonna drop i'm just scared um like, I'm having, like, it feels like an irregular heartbeat. 
And uh, the guy was like, oh, well, I'm a cardiologist. Let me check you out and I'll let you know if you can go. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Like, let's run the rest together. That way, if anything happens, I'll take care of you. And so they keep going and they finish the race together. Oh, that's cool. That was super cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the other one, and I would, I, I, so you've had Joe Schmoll on your podcast, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really want to hear this because this is just what I saw, but I don't know, like, this is 100% of what happened. But when he finished his race, there was, uh, for Cactus Rose 100, just kills the course, like, absolute beast. Um, there's another person who, um, sorry, yeah, the other person was running the 50 mile, and they both finished at the same time. But a mile before Joe Schmall ran the, or finished his last mile, he, like, poked his eye on a branch, and he was, like, bleeding and stuff. And then the guy who finished next to him, he was like, oh, like, do you mind if I check you out? Um, he was, what's it called? He's an eye doctor. What, what oh, do you yeah, call yeah. it? Yeah, ophthalmologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah ophthalmologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Optometrist. Yeah. And I was like, well, what the heck? That's crazy. Like, when does that ever happen? Like, especially like, the difference between a 50 mile and a 100 mile, like, it was just wild. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have um, to ask <laughs> a couple of my favorite things to see though too and i've like i've always thought this but i like i just experienced it race after race that it makes me um feel it even more but i love watching the people that just make cut off at the end oh i do too my favorite thing to see because like and i argue this not that i argue it but like i feel like people don't understand it but the people that barely make it at cut off are putting in just as much effort, if not more, than the people that win races and the people that break course records and I the people that are hammering. Because they literally, like, it's all that they have. Like, all that they have. And uh, there's just been a couple of times where I, like, I've, I've been lucky enough to, like, just be turned down and catch up to the last person and then just drop course markings and be like, you know what, like, this is priority. Yeah. and run in run in the last couple of miles with several people and that's like that's been my favorite thing to do yeah. like it, it's never planned but when it happens it's just like it's such an honor to help someone get there mm -hmm. that's that's super awesome like those are like my favorite favorite times to experience yeah. trail run yeah um, I, I like doing that at the summer races like you know if I when I finish and then, you know, go sleep in my car for a couple hours and then get up about 6.30 and go stand at the finish to kind of watch the last people, you know, come in at 7 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Man, Bandura was really awesome this year because, like, I remember it was, like, 2 or 3 a.m. and there was still, like, 40, 50 people out there at the finish just, like, sitting in chairs huddled around the propane fire or propane heater and, uh, yeah, all waiting and like people were just flowing in. It was wild. It was so much fun. Yeah. Just being up that late and seeing that that energy still hanging out. Like mm -hmm. awesome. That's yeah. super cool. So all right. Well, <laughs> this this was a fun, this was a fun little chat. <laughs> no, it's always good chatting with you, Donna. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to throw in that um, I mean, I, I know you've told me, you know, um, just so people get the right idea. Um you've yet to break even i guess financially on this right 
Um, that's uh, that's I didn't. That's it's weird to answer that because that's not like how it works, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. but I guess like, are you saying like? I mean, I'm I'm not gonna. So for the price that I'm that I bought the company for, I won't have paid that off yet, and it won't be for a while. If that's what I you're guess asking. that's what I'm saying. It's not like you get this immediate return. No, yeah, that won't happen for a while because it's right. a substantial amount, you have to right? Kind of um, be patient, and, yeah, and whatnot, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So that's why I just think um, people need to understand that because it's like you know, it's not like because you know, I don't want somebody to listen to this and just go, "Wow, that sounds fun and easy." <laughs> no, um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put it like that. Not yet. Hopefully soon, but. Uh, it's going to be a while and that's okay. Cause I know what I signed up for. Right. And um, if there's anything running this Tommy, it's being patient, you know, just putting in the work and then uh, eventually the results will show. And that, that translates to a lot of things in life. So I'm not worried about it, but um, I'm waiting. <laughs> just trying to be patient, <laughs> you know, but. Well, it's, it's like running a race, isn't it? It's like you have to be patient with yourself. Well, I mean, that's one whole thing. Is like, I don't think I mentioned this, but it's it's uh, something that I, I sincerely mean that I don't care about the money. Like, I literally started out as a volunteer. Like, <laughs> everything I'm doing now, at one point I've done for free because I enjoy doing it, because I enjoy the community, because there's a standard of like helping people and serving. Like I, that's, I don't even, like I see myself as a server. <laughs> like I see myself literally as a, I don't know, but that's how I envision myself. I don't know what people see me as or how they look at me, but like I am literally there to cater to people's needs, wants and um, goals, right? Like I'm specifically yeah. there to do things for people. And uh, once it starts, if I ever see it going the other way around, then I'm, gonna do something about it but um yeah i could care less about the money i that's, oh, you gotta eat money money comes and goes. yeah i mean for sure right but like that's never like i've never had it in my mind that i can't figure something out right know? well you're so yeah you're, like you're one way or another yeah one way or another hustle and figure it out right like that's what you have that's to do you. in general <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, PJ, hang loose for a quick second. Uh, thank you very much. I'm going to stop recording. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed getting to know PJ a little bit better. Um, if you go to a Tejas race, you will definitely see him at the start finish or maybe out on an ATV um, or driving <laughs> the big ugly. I'm not even sure if that truck exists anymore. I don't know, but he drives a lot of the big vehicles and um, or he'll be on his mountain bike. Um, doing stuff so or he may even run with you i do remember and we didn't talk about this but um one of my favorite memories of him is last year at i think it was pandora's box of rocks they had i think they did it they started the the race like i think they do it over two days and this is one thing i do love about tejas races um and this actually does make it a little bit more time consuming for the the race directors and volunteers but it is nice for the runners um they started the race on a Friday. Um, I mean, you could also run it on Saturday, as I recall. But it was getting to be cutoff time on Friday. And there's a, a young guy named Alonzo who uh, is from Austin. I think he's like 25. And he was uh, doing the double marathon, which 
out there, first of all, a double marathon is insane. Out there, it's really crazy. But on his last loop, um, PJ uh, ran him in and uh, it was so much fun watching, you know, we were all, you know, cheering for him as he, you know, beat the cutoff and, um, you know, and I thought it was really cool of PJ to run him in. And um, so, yeah, so, I mean, you never know, you never know. Um, and he does pace people from time to time. Um, so, I mean, I'm not trying to give away his services, but, um, you know, if you're fa fairly fast or whatever, you might consider asking him, but I'm not sure if he can do that now as a race director. Anyway, God, I'm blathering. Um, anyway, it was really fun to talk to him. I've been looking forward to doing this one for a while and he has been very gracious with his time. Um, so anyway, there you go. Um, anyway, uh, whew, boy, let's see. Oh, Hey, and speaking of the Valley, um, I am, <laughs> I just found out a couple of days ago I got, so when I left the Valley back in 2017, uh, the guys at Soul Racing, which is uh, uh, one of the um, companies that puts on races in the Rio Grande Valley, they gave me a, a lifetime um, admission to uh, the Mesquite Fire Race, which um, at that time, it was the only um, ultra marathon in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, and I've done the 50K over there at least a couple of times. Um, let me tell you, that first year I did it, <laughs> <laughs> it was my third 50k and uh since november since i think november yeah and i think i did my first 50k in 2014 so yeah so this would have been march of 2015 well that one and then i did the 50k at bandera that january all three of these races were just mud fests <laughs> so i didn't know what it's like to it took me a while before i could run a regular <laughs> quote unquote, um, 50 K, um, you know, at least one without, you know, <laughs> slogging through mud and snow and ice and stuff. Um, they, we didn't have that in the Valley, but I just remember that first one was just so insane. Cause it was just raining, raining, raining. And we were like up to our shins in water. I mean, it was just, Oh, it was horrible. And I mean, I remember slipping and falling a, a couple of times and, uh, one time my water bottle popped out of my vest and it went over into the, uh, to the Monte <laughs> and it was just raining so much. I was just like, there's no point in trying to find it. And, uh, months later, my, my friend, uh, Louisa and, uh, my other friend, Javi, they said they found it, I guess it had been dragged out into the, uh, onto the trail by some animals or something because it had been chewed on or chewed up. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, mesquite fire, always an interesting experience. Um, and, and fun. Um, I haven't done that race in a couple of years. Um, yeah. So, but this year they've, they've, um, cut out the 50 K which thank God. Cause I, I, I do not want to do a 50k right now. It's like, nope, nope, nope. Um, but I am a glutton for punishment. I did sign up for the 30k. Um, just kidding about that part. Well, so I got a text from my friend Robert, who's one of the race directors, um, on Thursday. And he's like, he sent it to me and Louis said, Louis says, you may recall, is my uh, trail BFF in the valley. And um, sadly, was the one who broke her ankle um, at Bandera about three years ago. And uh, has been, you know, 
still kind of recovering from that whole thing. Um, but um, he gave both of us free entry into the race and um, to Mesquite Fire, which is uh, February 25th. And um, so I asked Luis, I'm like, well, I think the options are 10K, 20K, and 30K. And you just do loops of 10K, so or six miles, 6.2, whatever that is. Because... Um, <laughs> My, my brain was immediately going to the 20K because I kept thinking, oh boy, I don't know if I want to, because I, you know, it's weird. Sometimes I have, I've had a lot of DNF, well, not a lot, but I've had a, a pretty good share of DNFs um, for a, a 30K. I don't really know why. I mean, well, a couple have been at, or like three of them have been at Pedernales Falls. And I think it's because that's the first summer night race and I, um, I'm still not used to the heat, and so I end up getting dehydrated, and I'm throwing up. I have to quit. Ugh, it's bad. And I think, what was the other one? I don't know. Oh, I know. Is the circus. Um, well, one year I did it, um, and it was a mud fest, and I was, that was right before Bandera um, in 2015, and um, I was just, I was terrified I was going to hurt myself, so I just DNF'd that one, and then I did it a couple of years ago and just wasn't feeling it and dropped at that 30k too so Louisa of course was like well I've got to set the bar high for myself so I'm gonna do the 30k I'm like oh god okay and so we're pretty much gonna hang together I think and um I know the last time we did Esquite Fire we did the 25k and we ended up hiking a lot of it and um yeah, so, you know, that'll be fun to catch up with her and, you know, just see a lot of my old friends back from the valley. And I haven't run at Mission Trails in a long time. Um, so um, I like it because it's flat. Um, although it really wasn't that easy. It wasn't as easy as I thought it might be after running up here in the, on the rocks and hills, you know, for a few years. Um, <laughs> we'll see how this one goes. But um I'm not going to DNF this stupid thing. But anyway, yeah, so I've got that race on my calendar for February. So um, I think we've got Jackalope Jam on the 18th. And then, oh, yeah, and then next weekend I am, um, or this coming weekend, on uh, Saturday I will be out at Rocky Raccoon 100 Mile 100K um, working the Nature um, Center uh, aid station with a few people. Um, I think I'm working from 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. I decided to do a double and um, so it'd be fun. I've never volunteered at that race. I think I've mentioned that before. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that. I mean, I've, I've run out there a few times and um, pacing someone and then uh, running the 50k a couple of times and uh, the half marathon. <laughs> and fortunately, it does not look like the weather is going to be awful. So I'm really relieved about that. Because um, normally, yeah, the weather can kind of go either way for this race. Um, I know there was a year when I, I think the first time I did the 50k out there, I forget what year it was, but ooh-wee, it got hot. <laughs> it was like in the 80s. And um, there's this guy from Colorado who was just struggling. And I'm like, really? But it was the heat. And of course, yeah. So it, yeah, it can kind of go either way. But the last two years, it's been, you know, Arctic hell <laughs> almost. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing people uh, doing that. And um, yeah. And I'm happy to say that I, I've run uh, a couple of times this week. I'm starting to, you know, 
get myself back at it um, mentally and physically. And I uh, ran out at uh, Friedrich Park yesterday, which is one of my probably my favorite park in San Antonio. It's it just feels like it's I call it Baby Bandera because it's just very rugged and rocky and steep and but it's beautiful. And, um, and a lot of people go out there. I mean, there's a lot of hikers out there. Um, I see families, I see um, older people, I see scout troops. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting you know, mix of people who go out there and um, uh, enjoy this park. And, um, but it was kind of raining and, and foggy and humid yesterday, but um, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad time. And then I of course ran into my friends, Maria and uh, Rebecca and MJ. And so we all kind of hung together for a while. And uh, I think I got six and then I went out to Pearsall Park, which is another park that I love being at because it used to be a landfill. <laughs> and it, um, but it's got some pretty fun hills. And um, of course I always hike the hills, but that's okay. Um, but this has kind of got a nice mix of terrain and, and it's, this is really wide open. And I think I love that because I, I don't know, sometimes when I'm on, you know, trailly trails, um, you can kind of feel a little bit claustrophobic or something. And so, uh, this, this feels, um, I don't know. I just feel very wide open. And, and there's also a, a paved section that you can run on to. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. So anyway, but that, that's what's been going on here. Um, I think outside of that, that's all I've got for now. I will see you next time.